This episode of Disney Countdown is brought to you by Countdown Network. From Christmas to theater to Disney, parenting, and beyond, Countdown Network is your home for the top-ranked countdown podcasts in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and dreamers of all ages, welcome to the Disney Countdown Show. Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Disney Countdown Show. We are here. We are all together. We are talking Disney. This is going to be a good episode. We have the top half of an excellent list, maybe my favorite list that we've done on this podcast so far, which Ooh. is top 10 attractions at Disney World. Uh, so we'll be doing five through one uh, of Danny and I's selections of the top five attractions at Disney World. Uh, we have a fun guest interview on tonight's, today's, I don't know, do you think more tonight's, people listen to this to the daytime or the nighttime? It just sort of came out tonight, but I realized people probably listen to us more during the day, but we should do a poll of, Ooh, are we yeah. more of a nighttime experience or more of a daytime experience? Because I would change the way that I talk. If we're doing a nighttime show about Disney, it's welcome to Disney After show. Dark with Disney uh, After with, Dark, baby. With Easy E. And That's right. Disney D. Um, oh my God, that just sounds so incredibly <laughs> creepy. It's almost like uh, you know, when people you you know, you have the people who park hop who always prefer to start at like one park sure. over the other. You know, it feels very similar. Like, do you we, do that? Do you feel like you have to start at one park or do you usually start at one park over the other? I definitely do. Oh, 100 percent yeah, I mean, it's Disneyland all the way. You go Disneyland first and then finish 100%. at California Adventure? Wow. No, I way? do. I do a hop hop. Oh, so what are you saying? You do Disneyland first, then you go yep. over to some midday California Adventure, and then you go back to Disneyland? Exactly. All right. All right. I feel like that's the pro move because... I don't know that I've ever done a double hop in a, really? in a visit. Yeah. Do you think that's the the worlder in you that's like, wow, I got to ride all these like modes of transportation and in reality um, when at Disneyland, you just walk across the Esplanade. No, I think it's, I think, I, I think I live my life that way. Like I, I don't like to, and <laughs> it's a that's not rule. like, no, and I'm not saying like that it's a better way, but like, for instance, if, it, if there was, if I was at home and I was like folding laundry and I knew I had it to, I knew I had to like walk the dog and the dog really had to pee, but I yeah. was folding laundry i'd be like dude you gotta wait till i'm done folding laundry because if i leave the laundry to walk you i'm not going to come back to the laundry do you know what i mean like my brain is i want i like to finish the task that my mind is on and then be done with it so i think that my brain can't fathom the like doing some of california adventure moving to disneyland coming back to like my brain i just want to do all of california adventure be done with it finish at disneyland See, this is why we work so well as co-hosts, <laughs> because exactly what you're describing is like the opposite of what I want to do. Right. Um, I I love like I'll be sitting at the desk a lot of times, you know, like working on some sort of social content for our show. And then I get an idea for something and I go, oh, I'm going to go do that thing. And then I, I come back to it. So I don't know. I kind of like just the randomness of it all. I think that's why I like New York City so much is that sure. it just feels like there's always so much going on there but here's a great um, example for you like living yeah. in new york city i some people were fine with like they'd go out of their apartment go do something they go home for a couple hours then they come back out to do something i was like no if i leave the house i'm gone until i am done for the day mm. i would rather spend three hours sitting at you know the marriott lobby than go home for an hour i'd rather spend three hours in the lobby like i just can't my brain can't do the like 
I'm in and out, in and out. I either am in or I'm out and I'm I'm done. (laughs) Deal or no deal. Um, So when you go to the Disney World parks then, since that's what our countdown is all about today, does the idea of doing all four parks in one day excite you or does that just seem like too much to you? That seems terrible to me. My brain cannot fathom that (laughs) because because you couldn't, you wouldn't be able to do just time-wise, even if you had the, you know, the plaid vest people like walking in you into every ride, you couldn't do everything that I would want to do in mm. all four parks in a day. I could maybe see doing two parks in a day where if you were like really pushing yourself. Last but time I was there, impressive. Would be impressive. I did three in one day. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's uh, easier now because the the park hop time, I think at least at Disneyland, it's, it's earlier. But like I will say at Disney World when I was there last year, you couldn't hop until 2 p.m. Right. Yeah. So like your window of hopping and the park closure times are so spread out yeah. um, there because I went Magic Kingdom, took the monorail from Magic Kingdom to Epcot and then Epcot hung out and then walked actually out the back exit of Epcot by France to Hollywood uh-huh. Studios. Yep, yeah. And then after doing a couple of rides at Hollywood Studios, got on the uh the Skyliner back to Epcot. Wow. To then take the monorail back to Magic Kingdom where we had parked. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. I have a question. This is a slightly jumping, I don't know, something you said made me think of it and I wanted to know if you had any insight. So we did go to the parks uh uh yes, what's today? Today's Thursday. We went on Tuesday. Okay. Um and they didn't do the fireworks. They did the show, but they didn't do fireworks. And do you know, we couldn't figure it out. Like, is it, do you think it was like a wind thing? Does Disneyland not do fireworks during the weekdays? I couldn't figure it out. And I didn't know if you had any insight on why they maybe didn't do the fireworks part of the sort of nighttime show. I know that wind is definitely a factor. Yeah. Um, it didn't feel lit- necessarily that windy, but sometimes, you know, it's higher, you know, gusts up well, yeah i've I noticed that like um you'll they'll shut down the the golden zephyr over at dca a lot yeah like a lot throughout the day and you're like it's not even that windy out right now right. but then you look at the top of the ride and they have those like wind yeah the turbine kind of things that thing. are constantly yeah, yeah. like reading and i guess if it tips over like 7.6 miles per hour or whatever they're right. like we can't do this out of you know safety yeah so i would imagine that That's at the top of the was. castle or wherever they're shooting the fireworks off from that they've got some sort of meter there. But I also yeah. know, I feel like I'd seen this on social media and I know that some of our really dedicated Disney fans will inform us on this, which we appreciate. And if you are one of those people, um, we appreciate you. And if, and if you are yes. a new person to the show who has insight and you want to connect with us, please do so on social media. Uh, we are at Christmas Countdown Show on Instagram and TikTok and at Pod Disney on Twitter. We love connecting with you all and, and getting that uh, real information because uh, sometimes we drop those fake Disney facts here. But anyway... I know that I'd seen something about the fireworks show not happening every night. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they will do that. I think in like off peak seasons that right. they'll only run the firework portion of the show on Friday, on weekend, Saturday, yeah. Sunday, yeah. and then Monday through Thursday. No, fireworks. that makes sense. And that could be, you know, for multiple reasons, it could be, you know, just to frankly save money if the park's not as packed in off peak right. times and also i i would imagine disneyland really is kind of in the neighborhood less less so that is than disney world is right. disney world really has a pretty big buffer zone around it um, but disneyland really is pretty darn close to housing and stuff like that so i i could understand them sort of having an agreement with the local municipalities of like 
we won't do fireworks during the week for parts of the year or something like that. But also, since Fantasmic isn't happening, uh, I feel like fireworks should be happening every yeah. night. Come on, man. Come on. You're saving all that money on the people and, you know, whatever they're materials like, and resources over there. Let's let's pump those fireworks into the yeah, air. But they're actually like, double. the. We fireworks. need to build a new dragon. We need the money. You know, speaking of new things, you know, you brought up on our last episode this, you know, the, these uh, sort of artist renderings that have come out of what might be happening at the Disneyland property. And yeah. it's wild to me, all the speculation that's sort of going on out there as to what might be coming to our beloved Disneyland. And I feel, I don't know where you guys parked and if you walk through downtown Disney, but I feel like on the sly, it's already happening. Yeah. Have you I never... been over where AMC, the movie theater used to be? No, I never park over there, and it's very rare that I would walk that deep into downtown Disney. Okay. I mean, there's nothing over there anymore. So there's, unless right. you're entering from the hotel or you want to go to Trader yeah. Sam's or something like that, or like us, what we'll do rather than take the tram because we have the, you know, the double wide stroller, yeah, is we will walk from the parking structure over and take that back security entrance over by where ESPN zone used to be. Yep. So that way we don't have to break down the stroller. Yep, and then yep. set it all up again. But there, over there, where AMC and the Earl of Sandwich used to be located, there it was just sort of open, and they had sort of like the Disney walling uh, walls set up there. But now they've got like full on like construction chain link fences, and you can hear stuff going on back there. Yeah. But I haven't seen anywhere in on the Disney blogs or anything anyone speculating about. I know it's supposed to be a hotel, right? But I don't think it's a hotel. No, I don't think so. I Because I feel like, I mean, I, at least I've not heard anything about Disney feeling in California regarding uh, that they're having any housing issues and where they would need more hotels. I think they have a good amount of rooms and also looking at the nearby hotels, I bet they're putting like actual park attraction stuff. Now, the question is going to be, how are they going to connect it? Like, mm. are, is there going to be some sort of pathway like behind downtown Disney? Right. That, you know, connects either California Adventure to this sort of back area or one. Oh, I have I have some breaking news. At least well, it was news, news to me. Okay. Well, I have two breaking news. I have actual breaking news. And then I just have Eric's breaking news. The Eric's breaking news. <laughs> like your personal life breaking news? Yes, my personal life breaking news. When we went to the park on Tuesday, a very yeah. exciting thing happened that I okay. had, had never happened to me before. And I was like, hooray, Disney. This is a great step forward. When we were leaving the park at the end of the night, the trams... We're running from both sides. Oh, it, which is never dual trams now. Dual trams now on the oh, way home, which I, was Love so it. smart because sometimes, you know, that just dreaded like half an hour, sometimes all the way to an hour of waiting for a tram. And you're like so close, but there's so many people trying to get on them and all the kids are tired and they're either in a stroller or they're sitting on your shoulders and they're so tired, but now they're doing it from both sides. So it always was that they would drop you off on both sides, but leaving at night, it used to only be the side that was closest to downtown Disney and the shops and everything. Right. But now they were allowing people to get on the tramps from both sides, which I thought was awesome. There's got to be a time that they sort of activate that based off yeah. of like, well, nobody else is coming into the park yeah. at this yeah, point I'm in sure. time. Because I think in the mornings when it's like, you know, peak arrival times, you'll have the trams will drop off on one side of that roundabout. Yep. And then they sort of just go around and then pick up anybody who might be waiting and take them back. And they just sort of make the loop yep. over and over and over again. Yeah. But I love that's I mean, maybe it's because kids are starting to get out of school. We're getting to that peak summer season. Yeah. They know that the parks are going to be slammed, so you got to make sure you got ample yeah. transportation. 
um, out there. Um, what's your other piece of news? Oh, my other piece of this is actual breaking news. So we have Wait, talked hold about on. this. Hold oh, on. Yeah, I, I hear news. some music. Coming. We interrupt our program to bring you this Disney news. Okay, very exciting, folks. This literally came across my desk as we were starting Ooh, to record. This. You have a news desk now? Yep, it's right here. Can't you see it? Um, <laughs> um, it's gorgeous. Uh, it's so gorgeous. It's very, and it's decked out with all Disney stuff. Okay, here's the news. We had talked about this in the past that there was a move to move. A move to move? Maybe move that's to move. I like that. A move to move Disney Imagineering from California, from Glendale, California to Florida. And it Wait, was very controversial. This. Yes, this was like a couple of years ago. This was one of Chapek's things. This was like one of his initiatives was to move Disney Imagineering from California to Florida because they wanted everything in Florida. Is what they said, right? But all these Disney Imagineers were like, what the heck? We live in California. We have like right. whole lives and families. And like we've lived in California our whole lives. And so there was a lot of pushback. A bunch of Imagineers actually quit saying that they were like, I'm not moving to Florida, especially the older ones. Um, and the ones that said they would were sort of begrudgingly saying it because they liked their job but didn't really want to do it. Just coming across the news desk today is the news that that plan has been canceled. Good. Uh, the uh, breaking news, Walt Disney Imagineering from California to Florida has been canceled. So uh, all of you amazing, brilliant California Disney Imagineers do not have to move to Florida. Uh, this is also obviously in response to all of the continuing drama with uh, good old DeSantis uh, and what <laughs> their sort of war of attrition between DeSantis and Disney. So, uh, yes. but that's good for, I think everybody, because I think that Disney Imagineering is doing a good job. Let's not mess with them. Let's just let them keep doing a, uh, what they're doing and, and be cool. So uh, that's the breaking news is that Disney Imagineering will no longer be moving from California to Florida. I mean, that just feels like the way that it should. It feels like a win. Yeah, it feels like a huge win. So good job, Iger. Good job, rest of the team over at Disney. Uh, I do have some Disney news that I wanted to share that I found out about um, on TikTok the other Tell day, us. you know, because now, you know, with us having this TikTok page, it's all about Disney. It's like my For You page or our For You page is just yes. Disney all the time. Um, and, you know, we don't talk a lot about the parks outside of the U.S., um, and I saw this bit of news that I didn't know was happening is that the um, Disney Sea is having a Fantasy Springs expansion. That's a two mm -hmm. over $2 billion project that they've been working on, and it is set to open in spring of 2024. So wow. it's very, very exciting. I've seen some of like, I think there's going to be a Rapunzel experience there. Nice. Um, when you look at the concept art that you, if you just Google, um, you know, like Tokyo Disney Sea expansion, you'll see a lot of articles about it. But uh, if you look at the concept art, it just looks absolutely stunning. I know it almost feels like um, the concept art feels like a like a Thomas Kincaid painting. Yeah. Yes. Um, and you just see like there's Peter Pan's sort of land over there with like the Captain Hook ship sitting in the lagoon. And then to the left of that is like Rapunzel's Tower with like this big mountainscape behind it so there are a lot of uh you know disney characters that have not historically been represented with their own attractions in uh tokyo uh, are getting that there's going to be the frozen kingdom rapunzel's forest peter pan's neverland um and then they built a new hotel the tokyo disney or disney sea fantasy springs hotel wow. um, which is very exciting so if you've been dreaming about a trip to tokyo disney it feels this like maybe 
you know, maybe late, wait till like late spring next year or like, yeah. I don't know, early fall, just in case some things get delayed, you know, things happen. Sure. It looks like now is the time um, to book that Tokyo Disney trip. If my kids weren't so young, I would, I would be lobbying my wife uh, right now for that, but she would laugh in my face if I suggested that. So <laughs> that's a few um, years off for me. Yeah. I do have another bit of Disney news. I don't Love totally it. understand this, but apparently it's a big deal. So I'll tell people and you can use this information how you will. Uh, starting today, and this was a couple of days ago, uh, Disneyland reservation system now allows modifying without yes. canceling. Yes. So essentially this was, this solves an issue where if you had a few, if you were a magic key holder and you had a reservation, you know, you had a few reservations coming up, but you wanted to move one of those to an earlier date that became available. It used to be, you had to cancel that reservation. And a lot of people were having a problem of they'd cancel it. But then by the time they tried to make the new one, that one would go away. So they lost both reservations and so it was a problem so now you can modify your reservations without having to cancel them so a lot of people are saying bravo good good fix i love that because like when you would go i ran into this where you'd cancel it and then you'd go to make the new one and for some reason now that date you wanted even though gone. it was available like 15 yeah. seconds prior is is gone yeah so oh. bravo disney yeah what danny i thought of saying, this, is not dis- your face. this is not disney news but i just when you were saying uh mentioning the peter pan stuff oh my god I watched the new Peter Pan. Oh, you watched it. It's so good. It is so good. (laughs) It's one of my favorite things I've seen in a long time. Really? It is so delicious. Oh my gosh. I have to tell you. So not only are the performances great, they cast it so great. Jude Law is playing Captain Hook. He's great. Um, uh, Oh, who plays Smee? Uh, He's a comedian. Um, uh, He kind of talks like this. Uh, Jim Gaffigan. Jim Gaffigan oh, plays yeah, Smee, yeah, yeah. which is great. The kids that they have playing Peter Pan and Wendy are all so good. But here's what's so amazing about it. It is a live, you know, you know, retelling of the classic story. But that's the best thing is it is the exact same story. It is the original movie. It's not a new take on Peter Pan or like a, another adventure. It's the original, you know, Wendy. It's the night that Wendy's about to be kicked out of the nursery by her parents. And, you know, Peter Pan comes. He's looking for his shadow. There's Tinkerbell. They go to Neverland. Yes. They meet Captain Hook for the first. I mean, it's like all of the classic moments from the original film that are so ingrained in us, but done in live action and like there's the scenes of them jumping on the beds back and forth with their little wood you know swords and stuff it is so so enjoyable and if you've not watched on disney plus yet you must check it out i had just the best time watching it loved 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 it i gotta check it out it it popped up i think you know like roku will have like oh suggested new content sort of thing and i was like oh gosh i gotta get on that and and i gotta watch it um ASAP. So it is on my list. Oh, but I will say, Eric, speaking of watching things on Disney Plus, I'm glad you brought this up. You're jogging my memory. You've been recommending to me since we started this show that I watched Meet the Robinsons. Yes. And I finally did it. What'd you think? I thought it was fantastic. I thought you would love that movie. I loved it so much. I, you know, the way my brain works, as we were talking about earlier, is it's like always ping ponging around. So like I knew that there was something to do with the kid. Yes. I was like, he's connected to this family in some way that they don't want to reveal. So I was like, I love sort of like trying to decode all of yeah, that yeah. and figure out what the, what the, you know, the, the sort of climax is going to be or the big reveal of the story. Yeah. And I just thought it was great. I love the way that, you know, Jamie Cullum was obviously involved yeah. as, as Frank, the singing frog, which I just thought was so great. And I love that he was sort of like a, you know, Vegas mobster sort yeah. of guy where they end up like 
throwing the the villain guy in the trunk. You know, I just yeah, I just thought that was or the the hat. They throw the hat in the trunk. That's what yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, such a great movie, so funny. Honestly, maybe one of the more underrated Disney movies. Yeah, people right? don't talk movie. about yeah. it, but it's so inspiring and like keep moving forward and how that was sort of you know Disney's you know main sort of mantra. It's, oh, it's so great. It's a great movie. Yeah, I think I'm it so doesn't get me on it. I think it doesn't get as mentioned because it doesn't have like a princess it's not a sort of classic mm. fairy tale it's more its own story which i feel like pixar now does stories that are not just like a princess story but when meet the robinsons came out pixar was pretty new if if even at all uh, out there and so we didn't really know how to take in a story from disney that wasn't like here's a classic hero and a classic heroine and he's got to save the girl. And, you know, like it sort of is its own weird little story, which is uh, pretty cool. But it's super fun. So if you're one of those people, you know, who was like me up until, you know, a few days ago, make sure you go check out that movie. It's, it's a blast. It's fun. It's different. I love that. It's sort of different from a lot yes. of the Disney stories that we see. I think that that makes it stand out yeah. not much more. And it doesn't feel like, Oh, rinse and repeat. But now the princess is in Norway rather than in Egypt or whatever it might be. I, I think it's a, it, it's a great film and, and definitely worth checking out. It's super funny. Um, that family is so quirky. I just love yes. how quirky the Robinsons are. All right, Danny, I have a present for you. Wait, what? A present? I have a, I have a present for you that may rock your world. And like, I is did... this like a real physical thing or is it like an NFT? Because it's we're an virtual experience. Right now. It's an experience. Ooh. I'm about okay. to give you an experience that I think you may, your brain might explode. Okay. It combines two things that I know that you love. Disney. Not Disney. Not Disney. Whoa. Okay, Christmas. Nope, not Christmas. The Dodgers. <laughs> nope. Frank Sinatra. Nope. Uh, um, uh, Let me just play it for you. Coffee. It combines, this is from a fictional, fan fiction, Backstreet Boys, the musical. What? Okay. This is from, the user is uh, the Gabe Gibbs, who I think is a former uh, Book of Mormon kid. Okay. Uh, this is from Backstreet Boys the musical. This is Act Two, the villain song. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> Didn't expect to see me here, did you, Backstreet Boys? Thought you could be rid of the old fatone so easily. Well, I'm here, as are all your families. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, oh my God, he's back again. <laughs> of course I am. Brothers, sisters, everybody sing. <laughs> I'm gonna bring the flavor, really show you how. <laughs> I got some questions for them, watch them answer now. Oh, families, am I original? <laughs> am I the only one? I can't hear. As all your families are forced to rock their bodies. Well, everybody, <laughs> rock your body. Everybody, rock your body, rock your 
way. <laughs> Let me put it in a way you boys could understand. Because I want it that way. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is very That's well right done. up your alley, man. I mean, if there were ever a time for Backstreet Boys, the musical to happen, this it feels it. like it's now considering Britney's got her musical sure, yeah. and Anne Juliet is using all the Max Martin music. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm here for it. I vote for it. I vote yes. <laughs> I vote yes. And I want you to be in it. That would that would make okay, me that'd really be happy. That'd be great. Yeah, love it. That's incredible. I love it. Thank you for for sharing that with me. I did not expect that. Um, at all today. But um, speaking of, you know, musicals and things that are fun, we had a guest who came and yes. hung out uh, with me here in studio. And, you know, Eric's been doing a lot of work on Nickelodeon shows and NBC shows lately. So we actually had in studio a guest who, who took your seat here, Eric. Uh, mm, she kept nice. it warm for you while you've been away. Uh, her name is Samantha Souza. She is a Disney content creator. Uh, she also uh, toured with uh, the National Tour of Rent. I know here in the US, and I think she did it overseas as well. But uh, her content is very, very funny, very different, I think, from a lot of other Disney content that's out there. It's, I think it leans more towards like uh, the adult audience for sure. So maybe a little in uh nsfw if you got the kids in the sure. room and you're watching samantha's content but um she's fun we met years ago through some people i knew through the theater here in my town and have stayed connected and so she was you know visiting and came by and hung out with us and we, we chatted all about her love of disney and where that started and and then she's going to share with us her top five attractions at walt disney world let's uh, take a little listen to that conversation right now Samantha Souza, I'm glad that you're here. I feel like we just talked for 10 minutes about a lot of stuff, and I believe in proper introductions. I appreciate that. So we met years ago at a bowling alley in Southern California, and I've been watching your social media star rise you know, over the last few years, and I knew you as this person who was really into like fitness and wellness, and you have this business that you run a very successful business, but then all of a sudden, all this Disney content started popping up like have you always been a Disney fan has that always been a part of your life yeah a lot of my uh, I've been releasing a lot of content lately with like videos of me in like my little daisy duck hat in like 93 Aww. at the parks and like um I find all these like old memories and videos um with my family and I'm like this is your fault <laughs> you like, when they look at me and they're like you're gonna go again to Disney again yes. I'm like you did this <laughs> you are to blame um, but yeah, I grew up in Southern California. It was something that we did. I never had an annual pass until two years ago. So that's new. But we went every year, okay. at least once a year as a family. And it was always something that I was super into. Um, and obviously, I grew up in that golden age where it was like Little Mermaid, Beating the Beast, a lot. And yeah. like, that was the time. And that's, in my opinion, like that decade of all those movies that came out in the 90s and late 80s. Oh, it was huge. It was pinnacle doesn't get better so when you're growing up in that era like I learned to sing because I wanted to be Ariel and like I was constantly doing those little like trills that she does and it made me get mm. into musical theater too because really with like Howard Ashman and all those movies that he did the music for he basically wrote right. them like musicals like he was a Broadway off-Broadway composer 
before he started doing Disney movies. And so that got me into theater. And then so they kind of like were synergistic. And then, you know, it kind of was always a part of my life. And then obviously being a performer, I was always friends with people who worked at Disney. So like I never Mm. really had to have a pass because I always had somebody who could just get me in, which was really cool. Uh, You have this series People just should go to your page uh, to find, but yeah. you've you've been doing this ongoing thing about Toy Story Midway Mania <laughs> that I find very funny, and I'm sure a lot of people have sort of joked about sure. this uh, and just not put it out on social media. But you know, you your content is funny, and I think it connects with a very uh, specific audience, and I love it because a lot of times you're putting the stuff out there that so many people have thought or said to their close friends but have been like maybe nervous to like put it out there publicly yeah and you're doing it and i think clearly when you see millions of people watching your videos and engaging in your content and following that means that it's connecting with people i think um the best compliment that i can get is that people compliment my authenticity Mm. and that i don't worry about is this the type of content of a Disney person? Right. And I think that there's like a, a misunderstanding that people who are into Disney are just one way. Right. When people are multifaceted people, and I, I like to say I'm like a little bit edgier. It's not to say that all of my content is edgier, but it's that I'm just saying the things like you said that people are either afraid to say or I say it in a, I don't know, like a girl who used to live in New York for 10 years or grew up in LA (laughs) sort of way, it doesn't mean that I cannot also be a Disney princess. That's also a part of my personality too, but you don't have to just be one thing. Yeah. And a lot of my commentary videos, I think get a lot of um, positive feedback because I'm not afraid to call things like I see them. Yeah. Good, bad, or indifferent. Um, Like when magic bands came out to Disneyland, I was like, we don't need this. Why are we getting magic bands? And then, People are like, um, oh, Disney's not gonna sponsor you if you're talking bad about magic bands. And I'm like, it's an opinion. Yeah. You know? And I'm not here to try and get a sponsorship. I'm here to just talk about the things that I think. Right. And I'm not afraid if I never get any of that stuff. Mm. I mean, would it be nice? Sure. But that's not my agenda. My agenda is <laughs> I always joke, I'm never afraid of giving my opinion. When you're like, you, you want to be on the show and the talk? other day. <laughs> you you did this video about um the uh Walt Disney World versus Yes, I Disneyland. have a series about that. And you're like, I have thoughts. There's something about like you're a Virgo or something, or Gemini, that it popped up. Listen, I have said positive things about Disney World as if there's nothing negative about Disney World. Listen, I have opinions. Yeah. I'm going to share them. <laughs> Trust me. Have you met me? Like, yeah. all I do is share my opinion. Um, and I don't know why some people think it's interesting, but. Uh, People like opinions. People like (laughs) when people take a stance. So today, Samantha, speaking of opinions, we are going to get into your top five. You know, we're all about countdowns. That's why they call us Disney Countdown. Or the Countdown Boys with a Z, (laughs) as some people like to refer to us, and those some people are us. Um, (laughs) We are going to learn what your top five favorite attractions are at Walt Disney World. We know what's not going to be in there. Oh, yeah. But I'm really excited to find out what your top five are. Starting at five, working our way up to one, and I want to know why you picked each one of these. So let's start. What's your number five attraction? So full disclosure. Yes. 
I listened to your previous and I didn't want to do any repeats. Okay. Which is also factored in, but I will say like honorable mentions if they've already been no, We mentioned. believe in honorable mentions here, uh, for sure. And the other thing is that I have a big list and I haven't actually put them into a top five because oh I'm just going to, I feel like I'm just going to go with my heart. This is just like having Eric sitting next to me. Oh my this gosh, see? Pseudo. We probably look exactly alike too. Very similar. His hair has been getting very long lately. <laughs> But it's it's dark. It's not blonde. Okay, so I know the Skyliner was already mentioned, and the monorail was already mentioned. And wow, me, look at you! Did your homework? Those are just I again a quality of a Virgo is research and wanting to like make sure everything's correct. I love this. Yeah. Um, but and then also the People Mover, which I would I would venture to almost still want to put in my top five. Yeah. Fun fact about me: I was almost the voice of the new People Mover. Wait, what? Yeah. So people who have written it in the last couple of years noticed that there's a new um, voiceover for the People Mover, and some people have commented that they don't enjoy it; they miss the old voice. Yeah. Um, which makes me even more irritated because that means that I was like, "Well, I could have been the voice." But wait, um, did you? You had to. You were just at Disney World recently, like yeah, just the last recently. Yeah. Did you do a video? Of like you doing the voiceover for it, so people could hear so what it I would have sound it, like. I have it in my drafts, but oh, I keep I bringing this it. up, and I have a video on my TikTok of my final callback. Oh, okay. Um, and what's funny about that whole process was I didn't even realize it was People Mover until like much later, okay. because obviously they changed all the copy to be just different enough. Right. Um, but I have that video like deep in my in my drafts. Not I'm deep in my videos on TikTok, but um. Yeah, because they they need to do a new track when they put in Tron because now oh, Tron is right. so visible on people move it they have to be like to your left is Tron light cycle run blah 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 and it's like see I feel like I'm gonna close my eyes I feel like I'm on people move no right it's now. so funny because my actual speaking voice is not at all like how my take was my take was like um hi galactic travelers welcome aboard I'm Orac twenty one your highway in the sky blah 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 that kind of stuff. It's very different. I love the way you light up when you do it. Because you have to when you do voiceover. I know, but you can also tell that like you love it. Because it would have been so freaking cool. When I yeah. realized later on in the process what it was, I, I was in New York City at the time um, in a callback, callbacks for another thing, and I literally fell to the ground. And I was like, wait, this is people mover. Like yes. I could be the voice of a Disney World attraction for however many years, wow. you know what I mean? Um, and obviously I didn't get it. I, I the guy who, who's doing it now is fine, but um, I wrote that and it was like very bittersweet because that was an attraction that I grew to love from a distance. Mm. As somebody who was a Disneyland person, I don't remember people mover. I, my parents talk about it all the time. I remember it existing, but like it's not a conscious memory of mine. So you remember like Rocket Rods? More clearly than yes, and and so whenever I went to Disney World and my once every however many years, we never prioritized that because it's right. not a super thrill ride, and when you're there for like a short vacation, right? Um, but being a part of this Disney community, it's like the people mover is elite, you know? Yeah. So I finally wrote it just a couple months ago for the first time as an as an adult and having conscious memories of it and yeah. thinking I was. I could this could have been it was very bittersweet, but it's it's fantastic. I totally get why it's so beloved. Yeah. It's especially at night with the castle. If you oh can ride it during gosh. fireworks. I mean yes. I, I make it an honorable mention, but like it really could be in the top five. It's so good. That's a solid number five. I, I like it. I What's coming in at number four? Um, okay, number four. This is tricky. I have to go with Yes. The people are anxiously waiting. Spaceship Earth. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It was between that and living with the land, but 
Spaceship Earth. Wow. I think it's going to be number four. Okay. Um, Why? I love edutainment. Yeah. Anything that is, and you're going to see with the rest of how my list goes, I just love old school Disney. I love stuff that I can tell Walt would have been like that thing. Yeah. Like, he loved edutainment, and it's one of the first things that I think of when I think of Epcot. Mm. It's Spaceship Earth. I mean, it's not only a weenie, it's it's iconic. No matter how many times they try to update it or claim they're going to update it and then decide not to update it, like <laughs> I just did. Um, if I don't ride that, I feel like I didn't go to Disney World. Oh, wow. Something about that Judy Dench telling me all about the Phoenicians, and I'm like, yep, I'm at Disney World. <laughs> um, it just does something for me. I love those old school dark rides, yeah. and something about Spaceship Earth is just like, and especially now that they have that whole the lighting package on it. Yeah. So from the outside, it's cool too. It's um, pretty stunning. It's just, I just, I just love those old school vibes. I hear you. I, there's something about that structure that just feels so larger than life. Yeah. That you could build a big round object that is so symmetrical and, and the texture of it, it just feels so brilliantly done. And I'll admit, I have not been on that ride since I was a kid. Like since I was probably eight or nine years old when I went, to Magic Kingdom, Walt Disney World for the first time. Um, I haven't been on it since. So you have to go on Spaceship Earth. I, I will. I'm going to go next week when I'm in Orlando. I promise you. I've promised Eric that I will do Carousel of Progress because I've never been on in my life. You don't like it? You just say, speak your truth, Virgo. Come on. I have to. I can't. I can't speak my truth about Harry Carousel of Progress just yet. Oh, okay, we'll get to it. All right. So you know you're five and four. Let's keep this uh, this train in motion. What's your number three? Carousel of Progress. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. When I heard that you had never done Carousel of Progress, it makes total sense to me. You I had never didn't done show it. up today. I had never done it until just recently. <laughs> okay. And uh, when I just went. But again, it's like People Mover where you hear about it all the time. And obviously, it was at Disneyland. And uh, it, I went on that. It's a 20-minute attraction, first of all. That's a... That's good ROI. It takes a long time. Yeah. You're sitting in a seat the entire time. It's a great way to get out of the heat. It's got a lot of pros already. Yeah. It's just, again, it gives me the same thing that Spaceship Earth gives me. It's quintessential edutainment, Mm. again. And I love, it just makes me feel like, even though Walt, like it makes me feel like he's there Mm. in a really weird way. Like, and even though it's very dated, like it's at this point, the future is like, oh, okay. Um, but if only they knew, yeah. If it's it's heartwarming, you have the song, and I there's just something about it that now every time I go to Disney World, that will be like my must must do. Really? Yeah, I can't wait for you to go on it and to hear your thoughts about it because I, the thing is, like, I feel like, do you ever think there's experiences at the park in your mind? You're like, I feel like I've done that. Yes. And then you're like, wait a second, I have have no memories of that whatsoever. Or even if I did it, I was like four. And that four-year-old Danny doesn't remember what that experience was like, you know? So I I think it is going to happen. Next week when I'm there, I'm going to be doing a lot of slow things. My number two is Expedition Everest, which used to be my favorite ride there. But I love that ride. The story is amazing. Have, did you ever ride it when it was in A mode or have you only ridden it in B mode? Wait, there was an A mode? Oh my God. Yes. Well, um, so, God, so, I want to know A so mode. So A, A mode literally lasted like three months, I think. Okay. And the Yeti, when you actually see the Yeti, yeah. used to actually 
run at you. Whoa. It was an, one of the most a- expensive animatronics at the time. Okay. But the way that they built the ride, the, this um, breakdown changed the way they build Disney rides henceforth. Mm. Um, they cannot fix it without taking the whole mountain apart. Oh, wow. Which they have not done in however many years this ride has been around. Okay. Which it opened in like, what, 2000? Something like that. I don't know that. Yeah. That stat, but yeah. that sounds pretty, sounds pretty, pretty close, and yeah. So now what they do is they call him the Disco Yeti. Okay. And all they've done is put strobe on him, so it kind of looks like he could be moving, mm. but it's really just you going fast in a strobe light. Right. And that's why they call him Disco Yeti, but that's it's been in B-mode for like 20 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, and they've never fixed it. Well, B-mode works just fine it's for fantastic. me. It's fantastic. I mean, look, it's on my number two. Yeah. It's still fantastic, but there apparently it used to be even better. I've never ridden it in A-Mode, but there's videos of it in A-Mode. Oh my gosh, I want to see that. It's sort of like um, Indiana Jones. I was just watching yeah. behind, I think it was behind the attraction, where they were showing how they create that effect of the ball, oh, yeah. you know, when Indy's hanging over the car. Yeah. I had a very specific thought in my mind as to how that went. I never once thought the walls are sliding next to me. Oh, right. I never once thought that, ever. It's just the brilliance of the Imagineers, you know, and, and yeah. the things that they come up with. It's That's incredible. another ride with an A and a B that the A has not come back in decades. Wait, what was, oh. why, hold on, no, because I rode that, so my dad worked at CNBC, and so we used to get invited to all the press events for whenever new things would open, and we went to Disneyland when Indiana first opened, like I got the decoder card, I had all the oh, things. Oh yeah, same. So what, what part You do know, I, I promise you, you remember A mode. A mode of this ride, when you go into the room where there's the three doors, yes, there used to be where you would get different doors. Do you yes. remember that? Yes, and that hasn't been that way for many, many. Well, many because many the years. doors would slide, right? Weren't they on a track that? Well, it made it look like you, as the car, were moving, and you would get different doors, right? But it was always really leading to the same place. It was yes. an illusion that yes, the doors were actually sliding, but it, you, as the car, thought that you were driving into a certain hall, right? But there was really always only one hallway, and that sort of turntable effect broke down and they never fixed it. So now you're right. literally always going down, I think, the center one. Yeah, because the the way it used to be was those three doors were sort of like you were saying Different on a themes. turntable where the before you got to that room, the turntable would randomly set to like left, center, or right, right. but it would always align with the tunnel right, but in you the didn't, center. It didn't feel that way to you. It didn't you. feel that way to you. Right. I always wondered how they did that yeah. as a kid. And then I saw it on that behind the attraction thing. Right. I was like, oh, that's so brilliant. But now you always go to the middle. Because that, that turntable is broken. And even when I thought they might fix it when they did all the redo. Yeah. And I think they just decided that that effect wasn't that important. They and could have done a projection thing or something. Right? I think they did. They upped the product, the projections. And I, I have you ridden it since it reopened? Yeah. It feels a little too sci-fi for me now. I wonder if it has to do with the movie coming yeah. out, but um, I like what they've done. I mean, there's things now where it used to be in a, just a black hallway, and now there's actually well, something like happening. The, the mice fall, the rats falling into the car. Or they whatever. used to have that, and then yeah. it was, they didn't even have that for a long time. Um, but yeah, they, there's a lot of these like A modes and B modes that I think they just decided it's fine, and they just yeah. never. People don't it back. care that much. I had no idea about the A mode for yeah. the Yeti. Yeah, for the Yeti. So that it's because it, it's the majority of its life. It was literally only not even a year, I think, before it broke. Wow. So the, now what they do is they only build rides with big things like that that have the potential of breaking down. They always have a built-in either B mode or a way for that piece to slip out mm. so they can replace just that and then so Smart. like for navi river journey for example that like 23 million dollar animatronic yeah that has a separate piece that can just slide out 
Hmm. And then they have a separate piece that can slide in so that when it's being repaired, it's a it's a projection. Ah. So that way there's at least still a shaman. Right. Even though it's a projection. I mean, it's a pretty B mode. Right. But That's they, so smart. they built it that way, knowing that they wouldn't have to shut down the ride. Right. And like um, Rise of the Resistance has a B mode when the animatronic for uh, Kylo Ren is not working. And then he's a screen. Oh, is that the room where like the there's like, nowhere left to run and like it blasts off the and he gets like sucked out of the thing. Yeah, that's okay. broken. Then it goes to a B mode. They always have a B mode option now because oh, they literally so just smart. like threw a strobe light at the Yeti. <laughs> and they're like, well, just, that's what we'll do for now. The people won't care. I mean, you're in that it's part of the ride for such a short that. period of time. And like you said, the ride is just so brilliant. And it keeps like it's such a it messes with your senses because you're like, oh, I'm going to go this way now. No, I'm going that way. It's just, it's a brilliant, brilliant ride. Have Great. you ridden it at night? I feel like no, because I feel like I've only ever gone in the summer and Animal Kingdom closes so early. Try and go at night if you Okay. Can. All right. I mean, you're right though. Well, I went, I went in August and I could still ride it at night. Okay. I think they, I think they extended the times. Did they? To at least like sunset-y. Okay, because I'm doing, we're doing Animal Kingdom in the morning and then going to Magic Kingdom. Okay, okay. Yeah, because you're only there for like a couple days, right? Um, two days. So four <laughs> parks, two days. No um, wonder you don't want to go on Spaceship Earth. <laughs> I know. I'm like, this is really going to eat into my ride ripping. Um, all right. So we've we've got your five through two. Yeah. Before we reveal your one, tell all the people how they can follow you on social media. I am at the Samantha Souza on all platforms. With and- a Z. With a Z, S O U Z A. Yeah, I talk about Disney ninety five percent of the time. Yes. The other five percent of the time is a surprise. You just never. <laughs> so you got to follow to know what the other five yeah, percent exactly, is going to be. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, people check her out because I love. I don't not just love you as a like content creator. I just love you as a person. Oh, I think you've got a great vibe, same. and so glad that you're here. So this is the exciting moment. The number one. Well, I'm sure you could probably guess. Can I? Well, I said that it used to be my favorite ride, uh, Everest. Oh, so right. that must mean that something has come. Uh, yes. So, and it's not Tron. Right, because you Tron haven't ridden it yet. Tron didn't even make my top five. But you haven't ridden it yet, right? I rode that it did. in Shanghai. Oh, okay. Which, it's the exact same. Okay, so something new, um, something borrowed, something blue. <laughs> is it Remy? No, it is Cosmic oh, Rewind. That's right. That was going to be my next guess. Yes. Um, my other favorite ride at Disneyland is... Mission Breakout. Oh, so, so it's good. like Guardians has just taken over my heart, I guess. Yeah. Cosmic Rewind is definitely the best ride in the U.S. parks. Really? 100%. I haven't been on it yet. Oh, my God. It hadn't opened yet when I was there last year. So. Uh, Don't spoil it. I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm just going to say I am not a buy the lightning lane, buy this, buy that. Cosmic Rewind is worth not only getting the virtual queue if you can, but then immediately buying the lightning things so that you can guarantee that you ride it more than once okay because it is amazing because it's a roller coaster right so i don't you tell me not to spoil it but i don't know what i would be spoiling i don't know what you know i don't know if i know very much but i feel like i know i haven't watched any videos i haven't watched anything about it but do, they you know, were, do you know the concept not really are, are you in their ship is that yeah i don't i don't think i'm spoiling it okay by saying you know how Mission Breakout has like the six songs? Yes. So that's the same concept where like, so whenever you ride, you're going to get a certain song. Right. Which is why I feel like it warrants multiple rides. Oh, Because okay. you're going to get a different experience with the different song. Right. So that's why I'm saying if you can if you can just buy the Lightning Lane and do the virtual queue, okay. 
try and write on it more than one time. Okay, I want to. I feel like I'm going to write it once and I'm going to think, God, that was incredible. That's, That's sort of how I felt about um, Rock and Roller Coaster. I love that ride too. Such a great ride. Unfortunately, it's not open right now. It's not? No. It's like closed oh, for some are, sort of refurbishment. Yeah, I had a video go viral recently suggesting that they should turn that into a power line ride. I mean, that's not a horrible idea. Can you imagine eye to eye trying to get to the Powerline concert? That would be incredible. If they're going to get rid of Aerosmith. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm, yeah. not, I'm not saying that they should get rid of it. I'm saying if they're getting rid of it instead yeah. of replacing it with some other band. Yeah. And they would like putting an IP and millennials have the money. We love Powerline. That song is iconic. You can also do Stand Out. Uh, so you can yeah. have the multi-song thing too. But I do love Aerosmith. That would be hard for me. I'm just saying if they're already going to get rid of, like, I think that the rumor is that they're on its way out because the contract is up. Uh, so either they're going to renew it and make it work or they're going to put another band in. Right. Or they're going to retheme it. So if they're going to retheme it. You know what they should do? Magic Happens. I love that song. Magic Happens is the best parade of all time. Oh, my God. That song is a banger. But anyway, we're, we're so <laughs> diverting off the path. Why? Cosmic why Rewind. Cosmic Rewind? Okay. I love... The same thing with Mission Breakout, the rewritability factor, mm. first of all. And now it's, I'm nervous talking about it because you have, you, I don't want to spoil it's anything okay. for you. It's okay. But I love the, re, the rewritability factor. I love that it, the pre, I like these rides like Rise where there's the pre-show is in and of itself an experience. Yes. There are some pre-show elements Ooh, that are okay. very cool, very similar to Rise in that fashion where it's like, we're not even on the ride and it's already an experience. Yeah. I like that. Um, I love... The, I'm so nervous talking about it now. Oh, no, live your truth. It's okay. I love the ride vehicle and what the ride vehicle is capable of. Okay. I'll put it that way. All right. Um, it's just unlike anything that I feel like exists anywhere. Wow. And I could ride that ride a hundred times, I feel like, and it would never be boring. And also, it's really one of those rides where depending on where you sit, it's an entirely different experience too. Mm. So like if you're sitting in the front, you're going to have one experience. If you're sitting in the back, it's going to have another experience. Okay. Factor in that plus all the different song experiences that affect the ride. Yeah. There's now all these like ways. Mm. And I think that that to me makes it really exciting. The same thing happens to me when I see a Broadway show that is just like knocks me off my socks. Yeah. When I have to call my mom to tell her about something that's happened to me, that's when I know it's really good. And mm. when I leave a show and I'm like, mom, I just saw this show. <laughs> as soon as I got off Cosmic Rewind, I had to call my mom oh, wow. and be like, this is worth going to Florida alone to just go on this ride. Wow. And that's saying something. I am so excited. Yeah. So, so that's why I'm saying get the lightning lane. Next Wednesday, yeah. I will be there. Starting at Hollywood Studios, then going over to Epcot. Okay. And I'm going to ride it. I have a lot of stuff to check off this I list. Know, I'm going to be chasing vibes. I'm going to be ripping rides. <laughs> it's going to be a blast. I can't uh, wait. And speaking of blasts, I've had a blast uh, here chatting with you today. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out with us here on Disney Countdown. Please go follow Sam on all the socials. You will not be disappointed. Samantha Sousa, thank you so much thank you for, for hanging out with this us. Thank you so much fun. Yeah, she's a ball of energy. She is so fun. That yeah. sounds like it was a, a great interview. So. Yeah, uh, she has cool have her. She has this one video. She's done a couple now on TikTok and Instagram Reels that like we kind of chatted about during the conversation. I didn't know exactly how to like talk about it to make it like safe for the entire audience, but <laughs> right. if you like adult humor, uh go check out Samantha Souza's uh with a Z, Samantha Souza. Which fun fact, Eric, I discovered this during my conversation with her. She is a distant relative of of John, John Philip Souza. Yeah. That's awesome. I had to ask Love her. I was John like, Philip Sousa I know. Marches. 
Yes. And I love that he's referenced in the Music Man. I was like, I sure, I, yeah. had, I had to know. Uh, but yeah, thank you again, Samantha, for hanging out uh, with us on the show. And now that we've revealed Samantha's top five, I think it's time for us to reveal ours. Let's do it. All right, folks, this is, again, this is our top 10 Disney World experiences, I guess, attractions, experiences, attractions. They're kind of all all encompassing. Um, As a reminder, we like to do this. Uh, So my number 10 was the People Mover. My number nine was Beauty and the Beast, uh, the sing-along experience. Uh, My number eight was the Monorail. My number seven was Country Bear Jamboree. And my number six was Snow White's Mine Train. All right, so. This top five is like a murderer's row. This is your, your 1927 Yankees. I mean, nice sports reference. Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Joe DiMaggio. It's like the whole thing. Here we go. Starting at number five. Oh, this is a great one. Oh, <laughs> such a good one. Uh, it's going to be Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular Show. Oh, yeah. I love the Indiana Jones Nicely Stunt done. Spectacular Show. It's so fun. It's... um. It's at uh, MGM Studios. I'm sorry. Uh, what do they? What do we call it now? Hollywood, Hollywood Studios. Studios. Hollywood yes. Studios. Um, I'll always call it MGM um, <laughs> because I refuse to change. Um, and uh, it is a show. It's about 25 minutes long. It started in 1989. It's been going Ooh. for a long time since um, near the beginning of uh, Hollywood Studios opening. Um, it is so cool. It basically follows the story of Raiders of the Lost Ark. And what they do is, I don't know if they do it anymore since COVID, but pre-COVID, they would take like, I think like 10 volunteers from the audience that would come out onto this big, huge stage. It's like big kind of arena seating. So there's a bunch of people that can watch it. Um, the audience capacity is 2,150. That's a that's a big wow. theater. That's um, a big audience, yeah. And they would bring out a few people and they would teach them some basic stunt moves, like how to throw a punch, how to take a punch, how to, you know, um, jump off of something into a mat. And then they also have obviously a bunch of stunt actors who are doing the show as well. So it has this real feel of like an exciting, you know, show that you're getting to see like a movie being made and the story of Indiana Jones, which is always great. But also you really get that like movie making experience, which is what I always loved the most about MGM as a as an experience being a guy who loves Hollywood and and movies and TV and everything. I loved seeing the process as a young kid. So this show always really just spoke to me. And they have all the classic scenes. They have like the scene out in the marketplace where the guy's got, you know, the big sword and everything and the whip. And he's like going to get Indy and he just kind of pauses and then shoots him like very nonchalantly <laughs> i love that scene there's the scene with the big like german mechanically you know the bald guy with the big like, old style mustache that where he gets chopped up in the propeller they do that whole scene they do the scene with the big ball rolling down and indeed like running away from the big ball it's like all these iconic amazing scenes the way they do it is really cool it feels like how do they you know it's that magic moment but then they also explain it which is just so yes. great um of cool little fact that I saw when I was doing a little research on this in 2004, which I think this is cool. Uh, the Nazi swastikas on the German trucks and aircraft were changed for uh, what they call the Balkan cruise, which is essentially that like iron cross, more like a the black and white kind of cross that was on right. Nazi stuff, too. And I think that's cool. We get it from that, that they're Nazis. We don't need the swastikas thrown in our face um (laughs) but i just thought that uh you know i love that experience i've loved it every time that i saw it when i was a little kid to anytime i've seen it when when i've been an adult uh my kids have loved it my dad was a volunteer one time he got selected and got to be out there and like get you know pretend to get punched which was really cool that's incredible Um, 
yeah, it was really cool. So uh, my number five is going to be the Indiana Jones stunt spectacular show at Disney Hollywood Studios. Number five. So good. That was always one of my dreams when I was like late teens, early twenties. Yeah. And I was no longer like super shy to be in front of people was to be right. like the person selected at Disney or Universal Studios when you're like doing like the Foley lab and they're like, oh, oh we need yeah. someone to come up here and pretend like they're on the clock tower and they're trying yep. to connect. I'm like, Marty, you know, like, please, Marty, you know, like, I just, I think that's so cool when, when audience members get to be a part of it. And when that back wall opens up, Oh yeah. It's you're like, what you have that much more space back there. Yeah. And now I get to see this whole other scene. It's just, it's absolutely incredible. It's so great. It's so good. Great selection. Um, Thank you. I I missed that one on my list, but uh, I'm glad that it's represented uh, through you. So recapping my 10 through one uh, at number 10, I had the, the boat across the lake from the transportation hub uh, to the magic kingdom gates. Oh, it just sets the vibe. It's so magical. Yeah. Uh, number nine, the, I called it the skyway buckets when we were recording the episode, but I know it's the skyliner. I think the sure. skyway was what it was called at Disneyland when Disneyland sure, yeah, used yeah. to have the skyway, but it's actually the skyliner. So my apologies to all of the Disney historians out there who I know have been hating me for the last week. Um, the number eight is just going to be the seas experience the you know uh nemo and friends sees experience with the ride and um the aquarium and the restaurant it's just awesome number seven uh staying at epcot is going to be remy's ratatouille adventure apparently i was really into epcot in this top 10 uh number six good, good park test track <laughs> so yep. another one from epcot um number five for me is going to be a ride that uh comes from arguably maybe my favorite disney movie of all time um, it came from Pixar, but now they're all the same. And that's going to be Toy Story Midway Mania. Oh, I, great ride. I just, I love, I'm a competitive person. So let's just, let's just get that one out uh, in the open <laughs> right now. If you didn't gather that from me already, um, I love Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters at Disneyland. Not really a fan of it at, uh, at Magic Kingdom, but that's a story for another time. But Midway Mania offers that opportunity for the competitive people like me to get super competitive and, and chase that dream of being the high score of the day. I've not been that person yet, but I do have aspirations to be that, that person at some point in my life. But um, the ride uh, attraction originally opened in May of 2008. And the area that it was in was actually originally called Pixar Place. Uh, it is now called Toy Story Land, which I just, the fact that they created the whole land for Toy Story, I feel like us who grew up, with like Toy Story as like a movie that we've loved. And now we've shown it to our kids. The fact that there's like a land where you can go and you just, you're in Andy's backyard. I yeah. just think it's so it's cool. so perfectly done. Like everything about walking through Toy Story land feels exactly like it should feel. And I'm sure the Imagineers had had a blast doing it. And um, yeah, it actually, uh, I realized as I was doing research into this, that, and I don't remember this because I'd never went to Hollywood studios in this window of time, but, the attraction actually replaced who wants to be a millionaire play it, um, which really? they had at Hollywood studios. And they actually had that at Disney California adventure as well, which was this really cool experience. I don't know if you ever did it, Eric, where you walked in to a huge building and it felt like you were walking onto the set of who wants to be a millionaire. That's and you cool. had like the hot seat in the middle. And then you had like the ring of like contestants sort of around. Yeah. And then the whole audience went in a circle, just like who wants to be a millionaire elevated around that person and you would play along everyone had a keypad at their seat and there was like a live scoreboard oh that's cool in the audience I never did and, that yeah 
dude, it was so cool. And whoever, you know, had the top score, whenever the person in the hot seat got knocked out, you became. Oh, yes, that's awesome. And they had like uh, like lifelines where you could like call a phone in yeah. DCA where like it would ring and somebody would randomly like answer in the party <laughs> and be like, hello, you're like, you're live on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire Play. That's awesome. So Did they cool. have a host and everything too? Yeah. Like there was that's a cast right. member who was who was yeah. the host. It was and you were playing for like Disney pins. And like right. if you got to the million dollar level, you won like a Disney cruise or something like sure. that. That's really, awesome. really cool. Not what back. this is about. They should bring it back. You're 100 percent correct. But Toy Story Midway Mania, I just I love the story of the line. You know, it, what Disney's does so beautifully is as we've talked about in previous episodes, is like the queue is part of the story. And I just love that it's like you're walking through Andy's backyard and it's just like there's these big green things that are like blades of grass. And then you actually get inside the building. And I just saw this on a TikTok recently that the whole ride, the story of it is that it all takes place underneath Andy's bed, which is really, yeah. really cool. You can find it on TikTok. I'll try to find it and post it to our socials. But somebody was like, I was today, you know, years old when I discovered right. that the whole ride takes place under Andy's bed because you see the cars coming out and there's like a, a sheet on like a bed frame pulled up and all the cars are coming back out. From having okay, gone under yeah. Andy's bed, but I just love it. I love the interactive element. I love the 3D element. I love the comp you know the competition element. It's not a super fast ride, so like if your kids are into Toy Story, but like they can't go on Slinky Dog Dash yet, they can go on Toy Story Midway Mania, get that yeah. really cool Toy Story experience. So that's why I've got it as my my number five. And fun fact about that ride, I was looking at like the voiceover artists for it, and it's almost all the same people from the movie: Don Rickles, Tim Allen. Annie Potts, all those people, except for Woody, who's voiced by Jim, Jim Hanks. Yeah. Yep, of course. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I was like, everybody was there, but Tom's like, nah, bro, you, you go handle yeah. this for me. So I cool. think he does that to like throw his brother a bone, you know, which I think is pretty great. What a good big bro. Um, that's a great selection. All right. My number four selection is going to be, oh, golly, I love this one. And I think maybe you said this. I can't remember. Um, and I know you just listed them and I was listening. I just can't remember. <laughs> my brain is is shutting down in my old age, uh, is Spaceship Earth. I love the great big ball. Epcot, the premier attraction as you walk in, uh, is just the best. It is a geodesic sphere is what they Ooh, call that. Love that or word. We, we always call it the big ball. Now I'm going to do a quick little mini game here for you and Chris. Okay. I want you guys to guess the number of tiles on Spaceship Earth. So Whoa. it's made up of all those different triangles. No, no Googling, Danny. No, no Googling. I'm not Googling. I'm looking up info for my number four to make sure I'm D properly Danny prepared. looked like he was like, mm, that'll be uh, 7,363, <laughs> I think. All right. So give me your guess. How many tiles do you think are on the big ball of Spaceship Earth? And whoever's closest gets a high five. Can I ask a question? Sure. So are the, like, is each sort of like pyramid shape made up of multiple tiles or is that considered yes. one tile yes okay yes. every oh triangle gosh. that you would see oh man uh is this closest without going over like uh prices right yeah, we'll say clo closest without going over i bid one dollar um no i <laughs> i'm gonna go with thirty six thousand four hundred two. okay chris 36 i would i would go one dollar for sure <laughs> Um, probably like 10,000. Chris is closest without going over. It is 11,324. Wow. 11,324. Nice. So the, uh, diameter, it's 165 feet in diameter, 180 feet, 
uh, in height and 518 feet in circumference, which is pretty cool. Wow. Um, so it's a 15 minute ride that takes you on a time machine themed experience and shows you how hum human communication has evolved from the caveman days up until like the development of language and then an alphabet and writing and the printing press and computers. And it's just such a great history journey, which we all know that all three of us love history. So I love yes. that. Um, it has great um the people that are sort of the voice host of it. I always remember Walter Cronkite growing up, who was the host from 1986 to 1994. Then they had Jeremy Irons, the voice of Scar was 1994 to 2007. And since 2008, it has been Judy Dench, who's also great to listen to. But I just love it. I love that it finishes in that big room where you can see sort of the inside top of the ball with all the like stars. I love all the anima, uh, audio animatronics. I just think it's one of the most amazing experiences. It feels so nostalgic to me. It feels like the eighties, but in a good way, I feel like safe when I'm in that ride. Mm. Like I really feel like I'm a kid again in a safe place. I don't know. I just love it. Uh, it's clearly my number four, but it could have been easily my number three, two or one. So good. You know, who also loved that ride? Who's that? Samantha Sousa. There you go. Yeah. I, was in her, her, I know. I know. And I told her and I'll tell you right now that I, I don't think I've been on that ride since the first time I went when I was a kid, when I was like eight years old. Oh, you got to go back. It's so good. I know. We, I was joking with Samantha that when I go to uh, Disney World next week, I'm going to be going on Carousel of Progress, yep. Spaceship Earth, People Mover. It's yes. like going to be she. Oh, she dropped a term on me, Eric, that I don't know if you've heard before that apparently is very popular in like the Disney fan community. There are ride rippers and vibe chasers. Ooh, I like that. And I get I it. Know. I'm definitely a vibe chaser. <laughs> I know you are. I know you are. <laughs> and I'm trying to find the balance between being a, because she was like, oh, you're a ride ripper, aren't you? I was yeah. Like, what does that mean? And then she described it and said, yeah, I'm a ride ripper. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's the full house fan in me. You know, sure. Jesse, Jesse and the rippers. Um, that's a great selection. Uh, and I promise you, I will ride that one. I'm adding it to my list of things to do uh, as we are speaking here. Uh, okay, number four for me is going to be a ride that opened in July of 1999. Uh, it is at Disney's Hollywood Studios in the Sunset Boulevard uh, section of the park. Unfortunately, it is currently closed uh, for refurbishment. Um, and there's been a lot of speculation, apparently, about the the future of this ride. And that ride is the rock and roller coaster starring Aerosmith. Mm. And the speculation surrounds the fact that, I guess, the license for Aerosmith and the music is up in about a year. Um, and I really like actually when Samantha and I were talk talking about this, she, she said, you know, I had a hot take about this, that they should do um, this song from the goofy movie. Uh, was it? Oh uh, yeah. Powerline. Powerline. Yeah. 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 That I mean, would it be great. Like it would totally fit. Um, I didn't know what to expect from that ride uh, when my family and I went a couple years ago, because the first time I'd been when I was a kid, the, the ride wasn't open yet. Um, and so I had like, my, my kid was taking a nap and my wife was pregnant. So I was like, well, I get to do one thrill ride. What am I going to do? And it was either Tower of Terror, Rock and Roller Coaster. And I'm so glad I chose Rock and Roller Coaster because it is just, it's a blast. It feels so not the Disney that I grew up with in terms of yeah. attractions. Because Disney up until, at least here in California, until they built the Incredicoaster, which used to be... Um, Oh my gosh! My, why am I forgetting the original name of that ride? It was um, California Screamer. California Screamer, yeah. Uh, 
that was like their first roller coaster that they ever built here in California. So like the fact that there was like a loop and corkscrews and this launch start and the whole thing, like taking place, like kind of in the dark and this black light sort of vibe. And it's like, you come around these turns and it's like, Oh, now you're like going through like a street sign. Like it just, it just keeps coming at you. And I love yes. the, the queue is really fun for that one as well as if you're like sort of walking through like, you know, this, um, this like recording studio sort of vibe and they've got all this like recording equipment everywhere. And then you arrive in that limo, which is just such a cool car in and of itself. And just that yeah. start of like, when you hear the music start to play um, there's just something, I mean, obviously space mountain is great about this as well. I mean, I think they used to have like an Aerosmith song on, on space mountain at one point, but when you combine music with a thrill ride that's in the dark, and it sinks up. Yeah. Oh my God. It's like every, your senses are just like everything is hitting. Um, and, and speaking of that accelerated start, it goes from zero to 57 in 2.8 seconds. That's and you experience awesome. up to five G's as you travel <laughs> through three, uh, inversions. And one of them's like a sea serpent sort of like roll in a corkscrew. Um, yeah. it's, it's so much fun. And I guess they opened one, uh, out in Paris as well, uh, back in March of 2002, uh, at their Walt Disney Studios park. So if you have not checked out Rock and Roller Coaster, uh, do yourself a favor. I'm like, I'm trying to put it out into the universe that they will finish all of their construction ahead of schedule. And when I'm there next week, that it'll magically be open again. But um, <laughs> if it's not, then it, you know, gives me a reason to go back uh, again yes. and check it out. So that's going to be uh, my number four is Rock and Roller Coaster. It is interesting to me that Disney in the 80s and 90s really did have like a lot of partnerships in mm. their parks where it wasn't just like anything that's new that comes out is completely owned by Disney, whether right. it's Star Wars and they just bought it all or whatever. But like back in the day, it used to be like this ride presented by Simons or whatever. Like there was like different partnerships for rides and, you know, merchandising stuff. And they had characters that they didn't own. And it's kind of interesting how now they've really sort of streamlined that to be all their stuff. Um, all right. So my number three is a show, I guess you could say an experience show experience. Um, now I have to be honest when I was doing research on this, I realized that my goodness, it has changed since I've last been on it. Whoa. So technically it's a little different, but I'm still going to put it at number three. Cause I love okay. the original so much that I'm sure that the new version is just as good. Okay. And that's going to be the 360 movie at Canada in Epcot. I Whoa. love the 360 movies in general. There's a great one in China and a great one in Canada. I love the, like you go into this room, there's those like big, long wooden rails that you can like lean against, but they're always yes. like, don't sit on them. Don't sit on the rails. No sitting on the floor. You have to stand up. They always have the oldest <laughs> workers are working right. at those ones. Cause it's very low, low pressure. And they're like, get off the rails. No sitting. <laughs> Disney is proud to present Oh Canada starring Martin Short. <laughs> so I, it's the, that movie. I just love it. It used to be called Oh Canada. And he basically just walked you through um, all the great parts of Canada. And if you've never watched a 360 movie, it is a cool experience because it really is. They film it with a 360 camera. So you stand in the middle of this big room. You're kind of looking up at a big circular jumbotron if you will and you can look any direction and it's like I, I always think of the scene where they're like skating down some river in like Toronto or something like that and there's people with hockey skates on and playing hockey and kids skating and sliding and sledding and you can and you can look in any direction it's just so cool and the the landscape of Canada is so great um 
it's just one of the most amazing experiences. I love it. It makes me feel so happy. And I, and to cap it off, and I'd love to listen to just a, a snippet <laughs> of this if we can, uh, Chris, is the song Canada, Canada. Canada. It feels like something that like the guys from South Park would have written. It's so good. It's just, it's so gloriously beautiful. Canadian. Canadian and Disney. Yes. And like, there is not a sense of cynicism oh. or irony in that. That is just full bodied, full throated Canada, Canada. And I love that it's in English and French, which represents Canada. It's just so good. Oh. So uh, my, my number three is going to be the O Canada movie at the Canada Pavilion in Epcot. Incredible. I got to be honest with you. I didn't know that there were any attractions at all in the Canada Pavilion because uh, I feel like it's one I'm go. just like, I got to walk by this, you know? No, no, you got to go. You got to vibe chase it. All you right. Go check it out. Oh my gosh. This is going to be seen the, the French most... movie, the movie in France. Yes. I did That's that great. last time I was there because uh, when I was in the uh, France Pavilion, a huge like lightning storm came in. And so like everyone was like, where do we go? And I was like, well, I'm going to run into this thing and I guess go watch. It was probably the most packed that theater had been sure. in a really, really long <laughs> sure. time. But I was vibing. I was like, God, France is beautiful. I got to go to France again. Um, and I'm sure I'll feel the same way about Canada. Canada. Uh, those harmonies were, were hitting. They were oh. slapping. Um, okay. You're inspiring me. I'm going to chase so many vibes uh, next week. All right. Number three for me. Speaking of chasing a vibe, I feel like this ride is the ultimate vibe. Yeah, at any Disney park in the world. And I know I haven't been to like Shanghai and Tokyo and Paris and all the others, but the Kilimanjaro safaris at Animal Kingdom is one of the most incredible experiences you can have at a theme park. You know, we, we talk a lot about like ROI, you know, your return on investment of standing in line. And this ride, I don't know this for certain, uh, I feel like maybe the certain monorails might be longer, but this ride is approximately 21 minutes long. Mm. That's a, that is a long yeah. experience long considering, experience. you know, you might wait in line for 30 to then almost get like a 100% return yeah. on your investment. Or if you go later in the day, you might wait five minutes and boom, you got a 21 minute experience right there. All I profit. just, yeah, nothing, <laughs> all profit, baby. Um, I, I don't think anything could have like, prepared me for the experience and you know we talk a lot about you know attractions that are different every time you go on like obviously uh you know what they've done with guardians of the galaxy not just um at dca but also in orlando um they you know you're going to get different music which means you're going to have a different story when you go on a safari with real life animals you're going to different experience every time and i just love the excitement over like are the giraffes going to come stand next to our safari right. jeep uh is a family of zebras just going to stop in the middle of the road and you just got to sort of wait for them to yeah. pass is, is the lion going to roar up on top of the rock when you drive by? It's just, it's so beautifully done. You know, when you get out 
onto that, like the big sort of open, it's not like the Serengeti, the Savannah. Yeah. Yeah. And to see zebras and giraffes, and I think it's like what wildebeests and a bunch of other animals just there existing together. Like they would, if you went to Africa, I just, I think it's, I think it's the coolest thing. Um, And you see so many animals. I mean, you see elephants and, uh, like I said, wildebeest, bongo, cheetahs, uh, lions, mandrills, uh, dwarf goats, crocodiles, antelopes. Dwarf goats? What the heck's dwarf a dwarf goat? Uh, it's uh, it's grumpy and doc. Okay, um, that, that just in goat outfits. Um, but specifically a Nigerian dwarf goat. Um, they've got pelicans, storks, uh, hyenas, springboks, waterbucks. There's a white, I've seen the white rhinoceros there. I, actually, I think last time I was there, they just had a baby. And there was a baby one, which is really cool too. Is that like sometimes there's just like little babies roaming around as well. Yeah. And um, and if you love animals, it's a must ride. Um, if you want to see like the story behind like Animal Kingdom and uh, and the animals there and the cast members who work with them, uh, make sure you go to Disney Plus. Uh, I think it was originally a Nat Geo show. It was like behind the scenes or inside Disney's Animal Kingdom. It's an incredible, incredible series, and actually. Uh, a DP who I've worked with a lot over the years was a DP of that show. It's shot beautifully, um, really, really cool. And and if you haven't been on that ride, because I know some people are like, oh, Animal Kingdom, I don't need to waste my time there. Go in the morning, make it your first park of the day. Yeah, you will not be disappointed. It's it's incredible. And so, number three, it's got to be the Kilimanjaro. Uh, not Kilimin. I guess it is Kilimin. Kilimanjaro so far. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome, dude. I love that. Um, did you know that Disney originally wanted to have live animals on Jungle Cruise? Yeah, I thought I had heard that, that was, it actually that kind of happened plan. a little bit in the beginning. I think maybe the first little bit they tried it and then the you know they wouldn't they weren't reliable. So they're like well, mm-hmm. someone was eaten by a crocodile and yeah. <laughs> they're like, Well, let's just write that into a joke, and that'll be the theme of this ride. Uh, it's just jokes about how people get eaten oh, on this ride. So good. <laughs> um, all right, my number two selection. Ooh. Golly, I love this <laughs> so much. I think about this attraction at least once a week, if not a couple of times a week. I, think I know where the, you're going. I, I think about the theme song of this all the time. I know where I, you're going. <laughs> this is from Epcot. You might not. Oh, oh, I'm wrong. You know where I'm going with number one. But yes, <laughs> number two, <laughs> my number two is in Epcot. It is the host of the uh, World Showcase, and that's going to be the American Pavilion. Oh. And the American Experience show is one of the greatest things ever i love it so much so it's at the tip top of the world showcase yes um, there's obviously the big sort of stage right across from it which is really cool a lot of times they'll bring in like pop stars to sing there yeah um there's a good restaurant attached to it uh you can hear the voices of liberty which is an amazing acapella group that Woo. performs in the sort of lobby of the of this experience quick little side note and i may have talked about this before lisa and i highly highly considered almost did it had our wedding at the american pavilion yes uh, in orlando the only reason we didn't was because you had to share the bathrooms with the park <laughs> so like even though you that you basically rented out the whole like interior lobby area for your, the reception right um, but if, if your guests wanted to go to the bathroom they had to like go out into the park and like share the bathrooms with park guests and we just felt that was a little tacky you know so what we, you should do when's your next uh and like big anniversary like <laughs> I was 15, say, 20 when's year? your next wedding well <laughs> uh, <laughs> um we're at oh my gosh we're we're at 20 years right now something like that well, you've been married. married for 20 years we got married 
How long? We got married in 2007. Okay, so, so that was 16 years ago. 16 years ago. So 20. So maybe for your 20th, like uh, I was gonna say, Ooh. reunion. We could like <laughs> renew our vows at the American Pavilion. Dude, cool. that would be epic. And maybe not even pay. We can just like pay for a ticket for a pastor go on Dapper to, like, Day. Yeah, go on Dapper Day, so you can dress really fancy and yes. then have all your like wedding party there. And they're like, oh, they're just dressed up for Dapper Day, yes. and then renew your vows. That's a good idea. I like. And that. you know who should officiate? Who's that? Bill Burns. Yes. Walt oh, Disney. okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Danny, that is a brilliant idea. Oh my Putting God. it out into that's, the universe. That's it's a happening. great idea. I love that. Um, all right. So let's talk about the American Experience. It opened in 1982. Um, it is still running to this day. It features the audio animatronic figures of Benjamin Franklin and Mark Twain, who lived almost 100 years apart, but seem like old buddies in this uh, experience, which is awesome. And it basically just goes through the whole history of America. Uh, obviously, it is big, broad strokes, and there's plenty that is missed. Right. Um, but on the whole, it is a celebration of this amazing country and the amazing opportunities that it has provided for so many people in the world. It starts, you know, with the Revolutionary War and the Civil War. It goes to the Centennial International Exhibition of 1876. Um, it has a great song at the end that we're going to listen to in just a second called <laughs> Golden Dreams, um, which is we're, we're going to listen to a good chunk of it because it Maybe the whole thing, because it's really good. I don't it's not like a 10 minute song, but you got to kind of hear the whole beginning to the end because it's it's a great thing. Maybe we um, should wrap up the episode with that song. That way, Chris can just let it play out the whole thing. There, but I got I got music for my number one, too. So ah. listen to this one here now. Um, OK, here it is. Uh, let's play a little bit of Golden Dreams. This is how the, the experience finishes. And also just quick little side note, as this song is finishing, we've seen all these great like combination of video and audio animatronic stuff there's the great um one war blue and one war gray the song right. about the civil war brothers um but as this song finishes what looked to be like the screen was just the regular size of a theater proscenium the curtains are pulling back and you see that the screen actually wraps around the entire theater and Whoa. you can see all these like clouds going by it's really cool so chris if you wouldn't mind playing golden dreams uh from the American experience in Epcot Center. Uh, this this says it all right here. This is my favorite part. Here it comes.
I mean, Danny, how wow. inspiring is that? I'm moved. It's so good. I am so moved right now. So that's why it's my number two uh, American experience in Epcot Center, number two for me. I, I'm realizing as you're sharing your favorite attractions that I feel like you and my parents would have really enjoyed going to uh, Disney World together. Because like oh, all yeah. the things you're naming, they're like, we got to do the American experience. Sure. Yeah, I, did, I mean, the fact that those, I left yeah. Hall of Presidents off this list is shocking. <laughs> Well, there's a bonus episode coming, friends. That's true. And if, That's true. If you're not already supporting us on Patreon, please make sure you do so so you can get access to those those bonus episodes in a really cool private Disney-loving community on Facebook. It's all the magic, all the merriment that you love. Or you can just subscribe on Apple and uh, Spotify and like get you access to all the bonus countdowns that we do. Um, I don't know if I'm going to have room to add all these things to my list for next week. You got, you need to lose some of your things because trust me, I'm giving you the master's list right now. But I was like, because I want to film a bunch of stuff and I'm like, are, do people really want to see a video of like the Canada thing? Do you think? Yes. You think uh, so? Yes. Yes. Okay. The vibe chasers. See, yes. I need on my YouTube page, I need to have a vibe chaser section and a ride ripper section. Yes. I need to get on that. Um, all right. Well, this is going to come as a surprise to no one, but my number two is all about ride ripping. And that is going to be the incredible steel roller coaster at Animal Kingdom Expedition Everest, legend of the Forbidden Mountain. It opened in January of 2006, uh, or I guess that was a soft opening date, and the official opening date was April uh, of 2006. Uh, actually, this roller coaster uh, held a Guinness uh, world record for a while as the most expensive roller coaster. Uh, that was built in the world and held that up until 2019 when Hagrid's Magical Creatures motorbike adventure over at Universal Studios uh, beat them out. Um, Which is an awesome coaster. Dude, such an epic ride. I waited so long for that ride when we were there a couple of years ago and I was like, what am I doing? Uh, And then I got on the ride. I was like, okay, that was a smart move. Uh, It's incredible. But we're not talking about Universal on this podcast. We're talking about Disney, um, Expedition Everest. It's... I mean, I could go on and on and on about this ride. Uh, It tops out at 50 miles per hour. Uh, The maximum drop height is 80 feet. I think the height of uh, the actual mountain of Everest is like 199 feet uh, at its tallest. The ride lasts about two minutes, 50 seconds. Uh, I talked about it on our top 10 queues ride. It's one of my favorite queues at a Disney park um, in the world. You've got the Yeti. Um, which is involved as well. And and I found out, you know, as I'm sure our listeners heard earlier in the episode, that apparently uh, there originally was an A mode for the Yeti. Um, I never knew A mode. A mode was the Yeti was actually like moving and like coming after you. But I guess uh, it broke down a lot and they couldn't get it out of the mountain because there's no way to get it out to fix it. So they just threw a strobe light on it and the Yeti's been in B mode um, ever since. So if you're one of those people who got to ride it in A mode, um, I would love to hear, uh, what that experience, uh, was like, but, uh, G force, you're looking at three G's on this ride. So not far off from, uh, the same experience you get on rocking roller coaster. I just, I just love the feeling of like, you know, sort of going through the Himalayas, going to the base of Mount Everest. The story of it is great. The execution of it is great. It looks great as a ride when you're like across the lake and you're sort of looking at it. It's one of my favorite pictures, especially because in Orlando uh, and I'm sure most of Florida, you just get a lot of white puffy clouds a lot of the time. Yeah. And it and 
seeing that white-faced mountain against the blue sky with the puffy clouds in the background and the lake in the foreground um, is really cool. And I saw something on, I think it was on TikTok recently that there's like this um, sort of like statue, I think of a temple that's on the other opposite side of the lake from the mountain. And actually the shape of the temple, you can line it up and it's perfectly a oh, shape that's cool. of the mountain, which is yeah. really, really cool. It's just like, they didn't need to do that. Yeah, but they totally did it. Um, I, I love thrill rides. I'm a ride ripper. I think it's one of the, the greatest rides. Plus it has a single rider option, um, which I just think if you are there with your, your family um, or you're with people who don't love to ride rides, being able to get on those like e-ticket type rides in like five, 10 minutes is such a gift. And whenever you can take advantage of single rider, heck, even if you're with like your significant other and you're like, hey, we don't want to wait in line for two hours. I don't mind riding with a stranger. Let's just get on this ride and keep ripping. Um, I definitely recommend taking advantage of that. So my number two got to be Expedition Everest. I love that. that is a, it is a very fun coaster. I will say that. I saw a great video on TikTok the other day of somebody was at Disneyland and they had a Toblerone uh, like little, yes! you know, thing, right? Yes, yes, yes. And and she held it up and because the on the left side of a Toblerone box is the top of the Matterhorn. And so she like held it up where it looked, you know, the Matterhorn in Disneyland sort of matched it. And she was like, there you go. And then she did a video where she basically with a series of pictures or short videos took that same, like holding out the Toblerone box all the way to Switzerland and finished by putting the actual Matterhorn uh, to match up to the, her little Toblerone box, which I thought was really oh, fun. I saw that too. That was so cool. So um, cool. All right. So I think you're in the right zone for like thrill rides, like hold on to your seat. Look out. This is like an intense experience. You know, you definitely want to be seat belted in because it, it can be fast and it just like a wave of awesomeness is flying at you like in Everest. <laughs> it really is what my next uh, my number one is going to be as well. You really you want to make sure that you are ready for an experience because it is going to knock your socks off. And that would be the great big beautiful tomorrow of the carousel of progress. <laughs> Golly, it's so good. You knew it was going to be number one for me. I love the carousel of progress so much. Here's a few facts, just in case you're unfamiliar. Uh, it obviously started with the 1964 New York World's Fair. Uh, it was premiered there. It was Walt Disney's whole idea to have a rotating show that showed the different eras of life in America. Uh, and so if you've never experienced it, basically you go into this uh, seating theater that probably seats about 50, 60 people. Uh, and you have a pretty large proscenium and you see a guy and he starts to tell you about what life was like back in the 1800s. And then he sings, there's a great big, beautiful tomorrow written by the amazing Sherman brothers. It yes. rotates to the next era and the song is continuing from his era. So it's like that thing in TikTok videos where you sort of have the end of the video just swoops right into the beginning of the video. So it's on a loop uh, and it goes through the whole history of America. The narration is so good. The song is so good. All the little bits are so good. I just love it. Um, but back to the fact. Started in 1964, New York's World's Fair. It was at Disneyland from 1967 to 1973. I don't know why they would take it away, but they did. It was replaced by uh, America Sings, which is now the Star Wars Launch Bay. So if you ever walk by the Star Wars Launch Bay and you're at Disneyland, just put up a little two fingers and say, rest in peace. <laughs> carousel progress but it is it is at the magic kingdom uh since 1975 and hopefully forever hopefully forever we have it's to, not going anywhere no way let's hope so um it is just 
it's just amazing. I think we should listen to a little bit of Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow uh, by the Sherman Brothers. It's just so full of nostalgia and joy and hope. And I love the fact that the, you know, the future version, the one like the last stop that you make on the show is very much like a 1970s, maybe 1980s version of what do you think the future will be like? I bet we'll have <laughs> robots that can talk back to us. And so it's it's very funny. Um, I would be fine with a refurbishment of that final tableau. If they wanted to really kind of up that, I would be fine with that. But even if they don't, I kind of love the grandma playing, you know, the VR video games. And and she says, I scored 8,000. And the dad says, 8,000. And then the oven says, setting degrees to 8,000. And then he burns the turkey <laughs> and the mom's like, oh, honey, what'd you do again? It's just Spoiler so alert, bro. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but let's listen to a little bit of Great Big Beautiful tomorrow. Uh, and that will conclude my list. And then we'll hear again. There's a great big beautiful tomorrow Shining at the end of every day There's a great big beautiful tomorrow And tomorrow's just a dream away Man has a dream and that's the start He follows his dream with mind and heart And when it becomes a reality It's a dream come true for you and me so there's a great big beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day there's a great big beautiful tomorrow just a dream away I mean, wow. come on. It doesn't get any better or more hopeful than that. We should end every day of our lives and begin every day of our lives with this same song. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's making me realize, you know, we were talking about, you know, Meet the Robinsons earlier. You think about Tomorrowland in the Disney parks and the song Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow. Tomorrow really was at a lot of the heart of what Disney yeah. did. Um, Look of hope towards the future. Yeah. Yeah, um, which which I love. And I, I love speaking of Meet the Robinsons. One thing I didn't mention was that there's a nod to the Disney parks when he goes into the future where it says Today Land. Yes. And it's like in the Tomorrowland font and sign. I thought that yeah. was really, really, really yeah. cool. Um, I'm excited to finally experience it for the first time. You're I'll be chasing it. that vibe or as I like yes. to say, embracing that vibe um, when, when I get there um, next week. But uh, before I get to my number one, just wanted to remind you all, uh, if you are new uh, here to the Christmas Countdown Show, please make sure to rate and review the show. We love, love, love uh, reading those reviews on the show. If you're new and you haven't hit that subscribe button, as cool kids say, make sure you smash it. I don't know if they say that anymore. They may not say that Crush anymore. it. Crush it. Slam it. Bop it. Twist it. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> now, I sound, now I sound really uncool because nobody knows what a bop it is. Um you do. And that's why we get along. Uh, but please make sure you subscribe. Uh, follow us on all the socials at Christmas Countdown Show. Christmas. What am I thinking? I'm looking at Christmas Countdown files on my computer <laughs> as I'm talking at Disney Countdown Show, but also follow us at Christmas Countdown Show uh, on Instagram and TikTok at Pod Disney on Twitter. You can also uh, follow Eric on social media at Eric Pete on Instagram, yes. right? Yes, you can. And uh, I'm on Instagram at Danny Jordan. So come. Come hang out with us and check out all the silliness we do outside yeah. of uh, being podcast hosts. But we are at that point in the show where we got to reveal the final number one. number one. I feel like process of elimination. People have got to have a sense of where I'm going with this, considering I am a self-proclaimed ride ripper um, and I love Animal Kingdom. I think it's the best 
I think it's the best. I think it's the best theme park that's ever been made. Um, and I'm going to go with an attraction there that just blows me away. Um, I had a friend who actually I'm going with to Disney World uh, next week. He was when he first wrote, he goes, you are not going to believe this ride. He goes, it is mind blowing. And I was like, don't say too much. You're going to spoil it. And then it's not going to be awesome. He could have, could have never said too much. Um, the Avatar Flight of Passage at Animal Kingdom is one of the coolest experiences I've ever had on, on an attraction. I remember riding, you know, soaring over California for the first time. I'm sure many people do our soaring world. And you're like, wow, I'm flying in the smells. There's something about, which I thought was really cool. And I, I fell in love with, with that attraction, but the flight of passage, just the, the story of, you know, walking through, you know, Pandora and sort of the, like the, the floating rocks in the sky and, and then you get inside and walking through the caves and then through the laboratory and seeing like that avatar, like floating in, in the liquid and then finally getting on the ride and getting on your Banshee and feeling the way, like you sort of get secured into that ride. It just is so different. Like you never get secured from the back on a ride ever. And then it scans your face and then the mist comes or it gets dark. And then all of a sudden you are flying through Pandora and you can feel the Banshee breathing in and out, you know, between your legs. It just, it is so uh, transportative and it is one of the coolest, the coolest. I just remember feeling like I had been transported entirely. That's why it's transportative. Um, and that moment, I don't want to spoil too much for anyone who's never been on the ride, but there's a moment where you're flying over the water and something very surprising happens. And I I just remember laughing. I remember the first time we took off, I I literally was like, woo, woo. Like I felt like I was an avatar having this experience. It just, awesome. it's, it's the coolest thing. Um, I can't say enough about it. If you have not been on it, if you've avoided Animal Kingdom, don't. It is worth the price of admission to experience Flight of Passage and Expedition Everest and the Safari and Dinosaur, all these really, and just walking around that uh, that park is just so unique. Um, but don't miss Flight of Passage. I know I'll be going on it next week uh, when I get out there to the park. And I'm so hopeful that this Pandora experience that they have been teasing with Disneyland that it includes Flight of Passage. And I'll say it again. I do think that the Star Wars launch bay would be the perfect locale for it. But if they want to build a whole new park on the other side of Disneyland Hotel and make it Avatar, I think I'm fine with that too. I don't think they're allowed to use uh, Star Wars launch bay because uh, they're saving it for Carousel of Progress to come back. Oh my gosh. To, to Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, you know what? We can't fight, figure out any way to make this like more tomorrow so we're just going to go back in time way back and we're just going to all everything all the back old to the is new again there yeah, we go exactly. yesterday land they're going to change it to yesterland yes oh my god i love it uh, this was a great list i think we did a good job and it makes me excited to go to florida and i'm excited for you to ride some of the uh vibe check rides when you're there <laughs> this coming week um but that is going to wrap it up here for us on the disney countdown show thank you so much for listening please uh leave us uh, a review let us know what you're thinking of the show what do you like what do you not like tell your friends about us uh, we're trying to get the word out there and we're uh, we're so happy that you've joined us and we hope you come back for the next one but we'd like to close every episode by saying d-i-s see you real soon n-e-y why because, because we, we count down, down. Disney Countdown Show. Bye, everybody. We'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye. Yeah.
there's a great big beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day beautiful 